Good morning. Uh, this is John Cook. Actually, it's not morning. I'm late starting today. It's actually just afternoon. But I want to welcome you to John Cook Ministries. And this is, and I'm John Cook. Man, I'm so confused today. Uh, I wasn't even sure I was going to do this broadcast. Our study today takes us to just a thought on Revelation chapter 14. This is part number three of our study, and uh, we are continuing to look at what the Bible tells us about uh, just some thoughts on the book of Revelation. And uh, for this morning, I want to remind you that our, let me see now, I got to get going here. I'm so confused. We're in Revelation chapter 14, verses 8 through 13. And uh, as I said, this is part three of our study. Now, previously in our studies, we have looked at the fact that Revelation is not consecutive. In other words, it doesn't just everything line up like one, two, three. But what we actually have in Revelation is four different views of the tribulation and the second coming. We've seen that already, and in seeing that, we need to understand that just like there are four Gospels that introduce the Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so there are four views of the, the second coming of Christ and those things that are involved with it, which includes the tribulation period. Now, Today we're going to see the fall of Babylon and identify what Babylon this is talking about. We're going to look at the wrath of God as God unleashes his wrath upon all that serve the Antichrist. The encouragement then also, number three, will be the encouragement of the tribulation saints, those that are going through the tribulation and those that have come through it and are now uh, already in heaven. And then the prom promise that's made to the tribulation saints. These are the, these are the basic, this is a basic outline of what we're going to look at today. So let's, uh, let's get started and look at Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8. The scripture says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So Babylon is fallen, is what the angel tells us here. And it's that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wrath of her fornication. So the, when we look at the scriptures concerning this, we have to ask ourselves this question, where it says Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Who is this Babylon? Is, is this Babylon as we find in Iraq? That has not yet been rebuilt. If not, then who is it? Who is that great city 
as the scripture calls it. Now, we know that it's a city because that's what the Bible tells us. But this is not just any city. This is a city that has great influence in all the world. Do you know of a city like that? Do you know of a city that would qualify for having made all the world drunken with her fornications? She falls because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. She's not been content to sin by herself, but she has decided that everybody in the world has to join with her. And so she becomes a great city, a powerful city, a city of influence. Now, what great city do we know today that fits such a description? Well, in Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 6, the scripture says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now remember, this is a city that commits fornication with all the nations of the world. God calls her here, in verse 1, the great whore, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So there's a second point of identification. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. There it is again. That agrees with what we've seen already in verse, in verse 8. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman. This great city is pictured as a woman. And this woman sits upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a great cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So, here's a city that we're told she has committed fornication with the nations of this world. And they have drank of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, I wouldn't want to be that city. Now, is he talking about Babylon in, in Iraq? Well, there's no real great secret to this, because he said, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This city is guilty of the blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. Is there a city that we could say 
identifies with that? This city has drunk, is drunk with the blood of the saints and martyrs of Jesus. Now, at John, in John's day, was there a city like that? And in our day, is there a city like that? Well, really, there's no real guesswork to this. To know who this city is. Because this city that's going to get its just dues is Rome, which sits upon seven hills. Because if you go farther in the book of Revelation, you see that that city called Babylon the Great is mystery Babylon, I should say, it is seated on seven hills. So here we have Rome pictured as being drunk with the blood of the saints. And we have Rome pictured as having committed fornication with the nations of this world and made men to drink of the, her fornications. So what's going to happen to her? Well, the Bible tells us that she is going to fall to destruction, utter destruction. And the third angel then follows them in verse 9, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, now he goes from the city to those that are worshiping the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead, or in his hand. Now we're looking at the men who are identified directly with the Antichrist. So this third angel follows, and he says with a loud voice, he proclaims like the prophet of God in the past, or the prophets of God in the past have proclaimed the word of God, so this third angel proclaims, and it's a proclamation of judgment on men. These men are a particular group of men. And here's what the Bible says. If any man worship the beast, that's first, worship him, the beast, or his Im and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. Now we've seen already that this is going to be required in the tribulation period. This is roughly this period of time that we're looking at is some point around the in the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. So this mark of the beast evidently comes into play at that time. Well, anybody who takes that mark, worships a beast or and his image, then they're doomed. It's that simple. Their doom is set. It's pronounced against the followers of Antichrist because it's Antichrist who is the beast. 
whose image will be worshipped by men, who will require the, excuse me, I'm going to have to get a drink here, who will require men to take the mark His mark, if they want to buy or sell, they'll have to take the mark. In other words, you won't be able to buy it, buy anything, or sell anything. You're going to starve to death. If you don't receive that mark and you trust Jesus... And you stay faithful to him during that time. And endure to the end. Because that's what the scripture is dealing with in Matthew. When he says, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. He's talking about that period of time. If you endure to the end, you refuse to take his mark, you refuse to worship him, you refuse to worship his image, and you worship Jesus then it will cost your life. We've seen that before. But it will cost your eternity if you take that mark and worship him and worship his his image. Then it will not cost you your life in this life, but it will cost you your eternal life. Life. Because you will go into hell fire. And it guarantees it. For there's no escape from it if you've taken that mark and if you worship the beast and if you worship his, his image, then you're condemned by your own actions and your refusal to obey God in the tribulation period. Now remember, This is not today. This is in the tribulation period. Salvation is by grace through faith, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God is gracious today. He will forgive you your sins, cleanse you of your sins, if you call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, then you're saved. Today, the gospel message is in 1 Corinthians 15. Roughly from about one verse 1 down through about verse 4. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried for us, went into hell for us. But then he resurrected, came out of the grave, never to die again. And today offers you eternal life by believing on him. The Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? The apostle Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That saves us today. Faith in his death, his burial, his resurrection. Faith that he died for my sins. 
faith that he paid for my sins, went into the grave and paid for them. And faith that now he will save me if I put that faith in him. Now, what's faith? Faith is just like sitting in this chair. As I sit at my desk right now, I'm trusting this chair to hold me up. And if it falls, if it breaks, I'm going to be on the floor. Because I'm not prepared for that. So I've placed my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for my eternal salvation. I'm not leaning on myself. I'm not, I'm not holding on to myself. I'm not holding on to my good works. I'm holding on to Jesus. But what's greater than that is he's holding on to me. Because I'm in him and he's in me. That's what the Bible says. When he saves us, he puts us into himself by the person of the Holy Spirit. And he steps into our bodies and lives in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise unto the day of redemption. That's today. That's the gospel today. But if you try to get saved today by works with, the, with faith, you'll go to hell because your, your works are not worth anything. The Bible says not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his grace, he hath saved us. If it's a Grace, then it's no more works. It's a, if it's of works, it's no more grace, the book of Romans tells us. So I get saved by putting my faith in Jesus Christ, and he keeps me saved. That's what the whole of the book of Galatians is there to tell us. Romans is there to tell us the gospel. Galatians is there to tell us that not only are we saved by the gospel, but we are kept by the gospel. But in that day, in the tribulation period, when all this is going on, if you take the mark of the beast, worship the image, and worship the beast, you go to hell. But if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it will cost you. Because it will cost you your life. Your physical life. Because one, you'll starve to death. And if you don't starve, they're going to chop off your head. That's what the scriptures teach. So the doom is pronounced upon the followers of the Antichrist. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and worship him and stay true to him unto the end, either the end by death or the end by coming to the end of the tribulation period and not worshiping the beast and not giving in to worship his image and not giving in to take his his mark then you're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ in that day then we come to verse 10 
continues to talk about those that have taken the mark of the beast. What does he say? He says, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which the Bible says is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. The wrath of God in that day will be unleashed on this world without mixture. That means there's no grace involved in it. There's no hope involved in it. Because that wrath is poured out upon those who have determined that they're going to serve the Antichrist. They have chosen the cup of fornication with Rome. So you've got to drink the cup. You've chosen to follow the Antichrist, so you've got to take his cup. The elements of the cup of God's wrath, the Bible says, is he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's the elements. That's the judgment determined. You sin against an eternal God. Realize this. When we sin, and the fact that we reject the Lord Jesus Christ, we have sinned against the eternal God. Not just an eternal God, but the eternal God, the living and true God. And our sin is, in, is a sin against the eternal. So the price is eternal. Requires eternal punishment. The wages of sin is death. And in that day, it will be death. Hell is a very real place. You may not, you may not believe in hell. You may even reject the, the teaching of it. You may believe that it's just some place that's in the absence of God. And as many believe, there's no literal fire there. But the Bible says there is. Luke chapter 16. The rich man in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torment, said he needed Lazarus to dip his finger in water and touch it to the tip of his tongue. For he said, I am tormented in this flame. Now you may not believe in hellfire, but brother, the rich man did. And I believe him, he's an eyewitness. This is a place, hell was a place created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for man. But if you want to reject the Lord Jesus Christ today for your eternal salvation, then you have to accept the consequences. You, you want to follow the devil? That's where he's going and that's where you'll go. But I got good news for you. You don't have to go there today and you don't have to endure to the end. 
What you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And God saves you immediately, effectively, permanently, eternally. Now, when somebody goes into hell, there won't be any of this business of, of annihilation, as the Jehovah's Witness like to teach. We need to heed the call of God. He said to Israel, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. We need to choose life. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you call on the Lord Jesus Christ, you've chosen life. And by choosing life, you have it eternally. Eternal life. Verse 11 says, And the smoke of their torment. This is those that have chosen to follow the Antichrist. They've chosen to worship the beast. Worship his image, and take his mark. They end up in hellfire. The smoke of their torment, verse 11 says, ascendeth up forever and ever, no ending. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. You want to follow the Antichrist? You want to follow this world? You want to follow the heathen? Then you've got to take the consequences. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 21 says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Listen, I don't have good news for you today if you choose to go on rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have not good news for you in the future, in the tribulation period, if you choose not to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and reject the mark of the beast, reject worship of the beast, reject uh, worshiping his image, then I don't have good news for you. In fact, what I have is that at that point, there's no salvation. At that point, there's no redemption. You're going to end up in a place of torment. You say, my God would never do that. That's because your God is not the God of eternity. That's because your God is not the living God. The living God tells you exactly what's going to happen. Read his book. Get yourself a Bible. If you don't believe me, get yourself a Bible and just look it up. Find out what God says. 
You see, it's not thus saith me, John Cook, nor is it thus saith you, nor any church. It's thus saith the Lord. You want to avoid this? You want to avoid this outcome? Then the, here's what you have to do. The Jew is going to have to put his faith in Jesus Christ and keep the law. That means he won't be able to, to, to serve the Antichrist or take his mark. The Gentile will have to endure to the end. All Jew and Gentile alike will, fear, will have to fear God and give glory to Him. You give glory to God by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. You give glory to God by trusting what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Paying for our sin. And coming back from the grave, never more to die again. That's the only way you can get saved. Because remember, in the tribulation period, it is possible for a person to lose their salvation. Today, that is not true. Though there are many who teach that, and many who believe it. And you may be among them. But the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God, our comforter, that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God unto the day of redemption. The only person who can break that seal is the one who made the purchase. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He purchased us on Calvary's cross. We are not bought with some corruptible price. We are bought with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, and our Deliverer, our God. says, as the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever. Now again, some exclude fire from hell. They say it's just simple separation from God. Well, I got news for you. If you today are, with, are not saved, if you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then according to Ephesians, God's word in the book of Ephesians says you are without hope and without God in this, in this present world. So you're already without God. But in hell, there's more to it than just absence from God. Because in hell, the Bible says there is eternal punishment. There is eternal fire. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. And he warned us over and over and over again, don't go there. 
If you don't believe in fire and hell, then here's your problem. What's causing the torment? T-O-R-M-E-N-T. What's causing the torment? The Bible says, and the rich man in hell said, he was tormented by this flame. You realize that this place is a place of fire? Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10 says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So it is a place of fire. Unquestionably a place of fire. In Revelation 21.8, it says the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I want you to notice the fearful, the unbelieving. Think about that. The fearful, you're simply afraid to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're afraid of what people will think. I don't know what your fear is. But I, knew to, but I do know that God says you'll end up in the lake of fire. The unbelieving. Well, I simply don't believe in a real place called hell. I don't believe in fire and hell. That won't change anything. Your believing doesn't put fire in hell. Your lack of, un of believing doesn't put fire in hell. God put fire in hell, and he warns you not to go there. Why don't you listen to him? Why don't you pay attention to him? There's no ending to the torment. Matthew 25, verse 41 says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It's everlasting fire. That word everlasting is found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Notice the contrast. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See the contrast? Don't believe in him, you end up in everlasting fire. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you end up with everlasting life. In the tribulation period, the only way you're going to get that everlasting life is you're going to have to endure to the end. But today, God in His grace will give it to you freely through our Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved forever. That's what John 3.16 tells you. 
It says then further, who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. This who worship the beast, those that go into everlasting torment are those that worship the beast, those that that worship his image and take it take his mark. In Revelation 14, 12, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here's a promise God makes to the saints, those in the tribulation period, that put their faith in Christ and endure to the end. Here is the patience of the saints. Here's what will keep you going in the tribulation period. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The saints are those who have refused the mark. But those that choose to take the mark, choose to take it because in Revelation 13, 15, he had power. This is the, the uh, uh, false prophet of the, of the Antichrist. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. It's going to cost your life to reject the Antichrist and his image. But it's worth it because it won't cost you your eternity. Henceforth, here's the warning to heed. Henceforth, don't give in to the Antichrist. Whatever you do, don't take the mark. Don't worship the Antichrist. Don't worship his image. Don't lose faith that Jesus will keep his word. to those that endure to the end. Don't give in. Don't quit. He says that they may rest from their labors. That's the saints. Now they get to rest. The rest is on the other side. The rest is not here. And Christian, there remains a rest for us in heaven. But right now, we're at war. And our war is, warfare is simply going into this dark world and telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ holding forth the word of life, the light of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a promise of rest ahead of us, but these will have a promise in the tribulation period of rest and reward to come. It's better to, to, it's better to live and reign with the Savior for a thousand years than live with the Antichrist for three and a half years 
or if it's a seven-year period as far as that goes. If, they, if the mark comes right at the beginning of the tribulation period, then it's better to, to know that you've got a rest ahead of you that's going to be for a thousand years and only to eternity than it is to give in to the Antichrist and only get that seven years or three and a half years, whichever it is at that point. The Bible says their works. I missed one of my slides there. Sorry about that. It says their works do follow them. What does that mean? It means that at the great white throne judgment, when the nations will stand before God, then at that point, those that stand there are going to be judged and he'll reward his servants. Listen to what it says. The nations were angry and thy wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints and them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. This is those that come out of the tribulation period. Folks, he's talking about the, the beast and those that follow him. They destroy this earth. The problem's not climate change. The problem's man's heart is so wicked. And in that day, he'll be so wicked that he'll worship the devil. And his image. Because that's who the Antichrist is. And he'll take his mark. And he'll hate those that place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And refuse to take the mark. And refuse to worship the image. And refuse to worship the beast. And those that do refuse and trust Jesus, then they receive their reward at that point in time. There's a reward waiting for the service of those in the tribulation period who trust Jesus. But it'll cost you here. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 12 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. At this point in time, man is going to receive according to his works. Those that choose to follow the Antichrist, their works condemn them. Those that choose to take the mark of the beast, their works condemn them. Those that choose not to trust Jesus, their works condemn them. And by the way, Today, if you choose to trust your works to take you to heaven and not just 
put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, then your works will condemn you. But for those who go into that time, put their faith in Jesus, and go through the tribulation period and suffer, maybe even have their heads chopped off, which is what the Bible tells us will happen to the martyrs in that day. Or they'll starve to death, or they'll endure to the very end by their endurance, their works, and their faith in Jesus. They'll be rewarded. And they'll be saved from those, from from those that choose to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if your name is not in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, then you end up in hell, in hell fire. Again, I say to you, don't go there. Whatever you do, do not go there. Today, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Don't trust your works. Don't trust your baptism. Don't trust your communion. Don't trust your church membership. Trust Jesus and Him alone. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him today. And God will save you, and that eternally. So what are we seeing? Here comes the fall of Babylon, Rome, with its identity. The wrath of God that's going to come unleashed, that's going to be unleashed upon all who serve the Antichrist. We see the promise God makes to the tribulation saints, and that promise to the tribulation saints, or the encouragement, I should say, to the tribulation saints, and the promise that he makes to the tribulation saints. Now, having seen all of that, I would encourage you to trust the Lord Jesus Christ today. Put your faith and trust in Him. And then we can continue this study and it'll be a great blessing to you because God blesses His own through the reading and study of the book of Revelation. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope because you're without God and without hope in this world. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. God help us to trust Him. Well, we'll see you in our next study. Till then, God bless.